working their way up to the crown of Egadon in order to use the Heart of the Void, a mysterious ancient artifact with the fabled power to change reality. The party was interrupted, first by a fort of Elfkin, then by treacherous terrain, and finally by strange, void-touched creatures whom they battled to the death. In the heated fight, Rolandir, Luna, and Corio were seriously injured, with Rolandir and Corio even near death. Now, as the party stands in the aftermath of the battle, blood still drains from their fallen companions. Okay, so Vamak just said that the Valors are dead, right? This is true, yes. Give me a quick update here. Spare the dying. What exactly does that mean mechanically? You're stable. At zero HP. Okay, so I don't need to do death saving throws. No. Having received this report that the Baylors are gone from Vamok, Val will immediately pause in his intention to heal all three of these individuals and sort of look at the rest of the group and then to Vamok and say, is what you did enough to keep them alive or? For now. But if their injuries are not treated soon, their condition will worsen and they will pass. Without further access to intent, I do not know if we have enough supplies to save both of them. That is exactly my concern. Um, looking to Mick, Thou will say, if we do decide to go forward with this, I would be grateful if perhaps you would dip into your pool as well as I into mine, so that we don't dip too far into one god's pool. Of course. But before that, can we please have some rest? I, I don't think we have time. I think we need to deal with it right now. There is one other option. If you do not wish to dip into the stores of intent provided by our patron gods, you could dip into your own well of intent. It would take years off your life, but it would preserve the gods for another day. Well, my my healing is not guaranteed, so I don't know if we want to play gods here and now and decide who heals whom, but... Val, I'll do it. Both of them? Whatever's necessary to get them back on their feet. Mick, without hesitation, is going to put a hand, one on Corio and another on Rolandir's chest, and will take from the pool of Delegas intent and hopefully revive them. And Mick will cast at level nine uh, cure wounds for both Corio and Rolandir. Okay, I'll roll total of 43 for Rolandir, probably prioritizing him. Placing your hand on his chest, this energy, golden, glowing, streams from your form as you feel it siphoned from an otherworldly source, and you see Rolandir, his breath deepens, his wounds stitch, and you are able to downgrade the lethal wound to a major wound. And you gain 44 hit points. Rolander gasps in a sharp breath and immediately grasps his side. And just, you know, he's still got some remnants of this huge gash mark on his shoulder. And just is going to kind of curl up a little bit onto the side and looks up and sees Mick there. (sighs) Thank you, Mick. I almost thought we weren't going to make that one out. Likewise, Mick, the same experience happens, but with Corio, as you see her neck wound stitched together in this awful scar, and she 
gags and like gurgles up blood and spits and gets onto her side, onto her hands and knees, and just coughs, heaving, until she finally meets your eyes and gives you a thankful nod before shakily getting to her feet, just rubbing this new scar and teetering, honestly. Just mechanically, what is my major wound? What was your lethal wound? Quarter of attack. That was my minor wound. Oh, yeah. oh that was that minor? Was, that, that was different. That's quite the minor wound. That minor wound is healed. Yay! <laughs> Damage again. <laughs> Your major wound is that strength and constitution, you will take a negative one on your modifier. Sounds good. Let me clarify. I don't mean that you have less than what you did. I mean your modifier is now negative one. So instead of plus five, it's minus one. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> that was a close one. I can't believe I'm saying this. But let's try not to draw attention to ourselves. <laughs> I agree. Honestly, I don't want to risk anything that could be left in that cave, but it's tempting to get out of this cold. We are not staying in the cave. Well, if the boss says so. Where to then? Can all of you travel further up? Corio gives you a nod. Also, Luna hasn't received any healing. No, I know. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> They're in the middle of a spat, so... No, no, no. no that's, <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> the way that I said that did sound like... Oh, that's I know. I oh, I, oh, I'm aware. Wouldn't you like to get healed, Luna? Well, <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. How does Luna look? She doesn't look great. She looks pretty drained. She's definitely bloodied. Turning to her, can you go on or do you need assistance? Uh, I, I should be okay, but not for much longer, I think. I don't <laughs> I don't know if Val has it in him to, like, see her like this. He'll heal her. Okay. Straight intent? Yeah. I don't have healing magic. I'm a wizard. Oh, oh, oh. 46 and 48. Wowee. Alright. 61 and 76. So, you heal Luna back to full vitality. Wowzers! <laughs> the power of love. <laughs> she takes in a deep breath just as her wounds are healed, and there's basically no trace of them other than some, like, pink lines that will fade in time from where she was scratched and cut. Val will take her hand and, like, kiss the knuckles. She will just lay her forehead against yours as you do that, and she'll just whisper, Thank you. Of course. Well, up we go. Lead the way. Val will lead, because Corio probably really isn't in a state to be at the head of this party right now, and we'll just keep heading up this trail. The switchback trail is easy enough to navigate, even without some, like, prior knowledge of the terrain or the goings here. But it does come to a point where, if you'll recall, it's pretty late in the day at this time. Because it took you a long time just to get to that cliffside, and then a little while here, and then the fight ensued. And so by the time you've made some really good progress, actually, you can surmise it's well into the evening, even though the sun doesn't show it. The sky has actually cleared a bit the higher you've gone. And it does seem, from what you're able to tell, that you've gone above the point of elevation where you had hit those cliffs and have probably, throughout all this trekking, just come out to where you would have been had you just climbed them. I hate mountain climbing. <laughs> <laughs> 
However, here on these slopes, there is little shelter. What few rocks jut out from the snowpack are relatively small, and none of them have any overhangs or indents that you could even huddle in or under. You do see quite a ways up still that there are some formations that might suggest a form of natural shelter, but otherwise, if you're stopping here, you'll have to make your own. Well, how's everyone feeling? Can we keep going up a little further? It is no issue with me. How does um, everybody who is injured look? Corio looks short of breath, at best. Merlander's about right there with her. Vamak isn't even looking that much better. He's been, like, hobbling because his leg got all torn up by uh, one of the beasts. Val, I believe that it's best if we rest. It will be a fair bit more work just putting something together out here. But I am not opposed. I think you're probably right. It would be better if we pressed on. If we sleep here now, the cold would sap our strength and I fear we would be in worse shape in the morning. Some shelter and fire would provide the most of benefit over the course of the night. Can you make it that far? I will crawl if I have to. Between here and the formations, Ryan, is there any noticeable difference between the terrain? No. From where you are to the distant formations, it's a pretty straight shot of just treacherous slopes and snowpack. Okay. Well, let's keep going, and if we have to stop halfway there, then we stop. And Vamok just gives a weary nod. Sounds good to me. Up we go. Who's in the lead still, Val? Yeah. After a good 45 minutes of trudging, you're much closer to these larger rock formations, and you can definitely tell that upon scaling them a ways, there will be some caves or at least some kind of alcove where you can nestle in. But as you're looking up, Val, suddenly the ground gives way beneath your foot. Please roll a dexterity saving throw. My strong suit. Get a plus five to that. <laughs> Thanks, Orlandier. Is that just always on? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's we love aura. paladins. It's great. Yeah. Freaking paladins. Uh, 21. You reel back and Luna catches you, pulling you away as snow just gives out under your foot, revealing a crevice at least maybe 15, 20 feet across. Ooh. And you have no idea how long it stretches onward, but most of it seems to be covered by a thick layer of snow that you would have just fallen through. The only thing even like indicating its presence is the slight indentation running along the side of this, the slope of this mountain in a sort of vertical scar. Can Val like knock some of the snow away so that they can see it better? Oh yeah, you can continue to just poke around and get rid of some of the snow that is obscuring the crevice but that isn't really doing much for your morale as it's just showing you how much bigger it is. <laughs> no, we'll stop doing that as he senses morale dropping. I mean, I can think of a very easy solution to this, but it will require magic. Well, are we going to have to get it across it at one point or another? Then, I don't know. Reliner just takes a cursory look around, lacking any wood for materials to build something. Other than that, we could try backtracking or... Following it parallel, up or down. Down doesn't seem to be the way we want to go. Unless, well, you could reach the end of it, I suppose. Can we go up? Is that possible? Or is it just, like, sheer? It's much steeper, but it is possible. <sighs> I hate not having magic! <laughs> so what's the plan? 
We don't have any equipment to get us across this, I don't think. Not a single piton. No, no pitons. <laughs> Technically, you know, I'm, I have like six javelins. <laughs> Perfect. We could kill the crevice. <laughs> That's what we always do. We forgot. We got to go back to our roots. We kill our problems. <laughs> it's time for recompense, crevice. Okay, I'm going to... I'll dip into Yakuda again. Sorry, Mother Goddess. I'm going to cast Major Image of a bridge across the crevice, and I will Illusory Reality make it real. Is that two different spells? No, Illusory Reality is just an ability I have. Okay. Sweet. Describe this bridge for me. What's it made out of? It's probably like a really fancy, annoying metal suspension bridge. Golden Gate <laughs> Bridge right here. Just <laughs> Yeah. It has, it absolutely has railings. Like, it is the safest bridge you could possibly have. As you bring this bridge into reality, the ice that it is built upon, you just hear this large kind of grumbling and the slightest crack. Oh, we should move quick. Go quickly, yes. Rolander's going to just motion towards the bridge. After you. A Val will go. He's just trucking it. <laughs> We're running the whole way. Val goes all the way across. Luna will sprint after him. Vamok will hobble on across. As will Rolandier. As Vamok and Rolandier get about half... Whoa, this is one at a time. (laughs) Vamok's not going with anybody else. He does not, like, he heard the ice crack. He's not over here like, oh, you know, let's just all go away. He's like, he's like waiting. And then as soon as nobody else was going, I guess if Rolandier... Decides, like, as Vamok is, like, halfway across, if Rolandier is like, oh, I guess I'll go too. Okay, that's one thing. But Vamok's not <laughs> knowingly like, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I that's love what happens then. Oh, my goodness. You feel queasy, strange. Like there's a ringing in the back of your head that's growing to an inescapable din. And you hear on the mountainside a great beating of wings. Oh, no. I swear, if it's that Jag Natsunero. <laughs> upon hearing this, like, great beating of wings, Vamok is going to hobble faster to try to get across this bridge. Rolander also, hearing this, is going to panic a little bit, and he's just going to try to go faster following Vamok across to the other side. It's at the time that Rolander gets about halfway across the bridge that this echoing inside your minds, now affecting all of you, becomes a tad debilitating. Is it only psychic? Yes, it seems so. Not enough to, like, bring you to your knees or anything, but definitely enough to drive your focus only on it. And it's at that moment that a great shadow passes over you. And landing on these rock formations high above, displacing snow and ice and stone that comes tumbling down the mountainside, is a great drake constructed of ice and stone and magic. And you hear that in your minds, each and every one of you. So, you have made your way to the mountain, my home, my fortress. I warned you should we meet again, what will transpire? Uh, can we just, like, intent obliterate this guy? Just real, <laughs> real quick. Just... I know you said this psychic overwhelming power was focusing all of our energies onto it. 
is Rolander able to muster any of his physical capacities to finish the journey across this bridge? Yes, you can get the rest of the way across the bridge, though, at a startlingly slow pace. Cario will step on and, hand over hand, pulling herself along the railing, will also head across the bridge. In response to Natsunero, unless this is some other dragon that we know, Drake, my bad. The voice is the same. You recognize the voice and the feeling. It's almost like a like an emotional imprint. If you know that we are here upon this mountain, then you know that we are not your only visitors. I would dare say, at this point, we are the least of your problems. You refer to the aberrations that crowd this sacred mount already, do you not? That is correct. Those touched by heirs intent, heirs old magics too. Yes, I would hazard the guess that if we have already met such creatures, you have met them as well. And since you are no fool, I would assume that you know that there will be more and that they will not relent. The children of the mountain do not take kindly to threats. I am not threatening you. I bear you no ill will, nor do the rest of these. We do not seek your destruction. We would not even be here were it not imperative to our mission. But these aberrations, touched by air, They have no regard for you, or for the sanctity of this mountain, and they will swarm every crack and crevice until Air himself is dealt with. They, like yourselves, have become a poison in the veins of natural Eganon. Having finally made it to the end of this bridge, Rolandir says in his mind, as you can tell, Some of us are already well on our way to, as you put it, putting ourselves on top of our own swords. Why not let us continue on our way trying to fight poison with poison, again in your words, and take out as many of these things as we can on our way? I doubt we're going to make it too terribly much longer. Then your problem will be ridding itself. Are you lying, would you say? Like, do you believe that? He he's trying to be a little a little little deceptive a little little deceptive. Then let's roll deception. Okay. He's uh, prevaricating, not technically telling a lie, but being intentionally deceitful. That's a good word. Uh, that is an eighteen. Though I do suspect this Drake is quite insightful <laughs> for how old he is. He's not going to be thrown off by me. <laughs> he is not, in fact, uh, convinced by your ploy. You feel a wave of emotion from Natsunero, this disappointment, really, that you would even try to talk your way out of this with him. And he says in your mind, Do not underplay your own abilities. Sell yourselves short, as it were. You and your companions are some of, if not the most powerful creatures upon Egadon besides the gods themselves and the archons of this ancient world, like myself. Do not try to deceive me again, 
I will hear your words the longer, and I have entertained you long enough. What is it that you desire from us? If you only wished our deaths, I doubt you would have stopped to converse with us. In the spirit of honor, perhaps, French, I am giving you one last chance to remove yourself from here. This is not your domain. You do not belong here. You cannot continue. You will turn back, or you will die. Are you satisfied with the current state of the world? I fight to bring about a new state of the world. You know well that I am dissatisfied. I know this. I am very aware of it. Have you seen the state of the world lately? It is not so different than when we spoke outside Mainstay. While Val and Natsunero are speaking, Vimak rummages through his pocket, and the slightest bit of like magical essence begins concentrating. Okay. Someone has to put a stop to it, Natsunero, and we're the only ones who can. No, I do not believe you are. And if you were, I do not believe you are the right ones to do it. Who would be the right ones in your mind? An archon of the ancient world. One that understands Egadon before Egadon. Who has seen life without ethereals. Who has seen life without petty gods and mortals. Your wisdom would be most welcome if you would join us. You fail to understand your rule. You fail to understand my rule. I cannot be bargained with. You stand against everything that the natural Egadon seeks. That my masters seek. And I do so merely by existing, is that correct? You know my answer. You have heard it before. Then why are we having this conversation? Because I said I am giving you an opportunity to die on your own terms elsewhere. Natsunero, I have not known you as long as some others in this group. But I am sure that you understand that this group cannot back down. That leaving this mountain is not an option for any of us. We do not wish you to be our enemy, but we cannot have you stand in our way. And Vamak will reach into his pocket and he will pull out the gem that he obtained from Vale, and he is going to try to cast imprisonment on Natsunero. Oh, man. So are you doing minimus containment? Correct. Well, one way or another, we're either going to imprison him or die by him. So here we go. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just we just we don't have time. We we no. barely took out the freaking undead wolf yeah. void creatures. Strongest being the hyenas. Um, yeah. And I now know. we got That's this freaking Drake so. breathing down our necks. It's like, come on, bro. This is an insanely powerful spell. All right. So, OK, I really hope this works. The number to beat is 19. OK. With Natsu Nero's bonus of 15. Ugh, are, are you, you kidding, kidding me? me? Got it. He got a 17. Yeah, baby! It's freaking plus 15. 
15 <laughs> wisdom. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, oh my goodness. Vamok, like the gemstone starts floating in Vamok's hand and you can see Natsu Nero like begin to shrink as his essence is like being funneled <laughs> into this gem. And like you can feel like you can just feel all the power of this Drake like going into this crystal, this gemstone, oh and like, Vamak is like, he's just rooted in place. As this is happening, Natsunero obviously catches Wise and takes off from his perch, just causing an avalanche of stone and snow, and starts streaking down the mountain toward you, shrinking exponentially, and in a great roar, just before, like, he reaches you, he's already tiny. A miniature one-inch drake that is then passed through the edges of this gem that you got from Vale, and he just plinks on the other side of it and is trapped. All-time greatest rolls. <laughs> yes. Vamak, yes. uh, like, Ugh. clutches this gemstone for a moment, and then he just falls to his knees and, like, falls forward from exhaustion. Absolutely. Corio, actually, who's beside you, she made it across the bridge, will wrench you up to your feet and say, like, with quite the urgency, there's no time for this, we must move. And her gaze following it, you all see this cascade of snow and stone uh -oh. coming toward you. I am going to say, because Mick and Brunier was still on the other side, Mick is going to try to convince or coax uh, Brunier to run across this bridge with her. <laughs> well, as soon as Mick turns around to talk with her, Brunier grabs Mick and runs across the bridge. As you make it three-fourths of the way across the bridge, the ice on the starting side gives out with a snap, and the bridge pivots with a yaw, and it reels down, so... Brynir, why don't you make an athletics roll? Got a freaking one-inch Drake in our pocket now. That's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my I'm goodness. so pleased. That was amazing. Ooh. I've never been so proud of a mock. Yes. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Dang. And everybody thought Vamok was stupid for asking Vale for a gem. No, I, I, I knew he had Laurel a plan for it. You what it no, was okay, for. no, okay. Well, uh, Mick probably thought it. Mick, Mick was like, oh, what an idiot, you know? Because that goes through her mind all the time. What, you going to put that on a necklace? Vamak has had crippling insecurity this whole time, thinking everyone thought he was stupid for asking for a gemstone. That's been the problem with the like, side like, this whole time. Like, you did on the verge of passing stupid, out, like, who's stupid now? <laughs> what did Brynir get? You got a 30. Can I throw Mick? Ooh. You toss Mick just into the snow, like five, eight feet-ish, past the bridge, and then leap yourself holding on to the edge as it crashes against the side of this yawning chasm, spilling more ice and snow and stone below, and you crawl up the ledge and steady yourself, now face to face with a thousand pounds of snow coming your way. Can we run? Uh, you certainly can, but... Is there anywhere for us to, like, duck behind anything? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I know that Brynir can't remember this, but he's going to try to pull a similar move that he did in the islands, but extending to the group instead of just himself. So he's going to make an intent roll and basically kind of stick out his hand and do like a force wall. Oh, that's dope. Okay, roll away. Split the avalanche like the red frickin' sea. 
Yeah, Moses. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got a very good chance. I got a 59 and a 52. Ooh. Here we go. Here we go. What we got, baby? Here. We're rolling. I got a 64 and a 68. <gasps> nice! Yes! That's a major success. And so as Brynir extends his hand up the mountain, you see this avalanche just start to kind of split, moving inward and outward. And then there's a whole just passage that flows freely over you all as the snow barrels over you and you're just in this clear tunnel that you can see all the way up to where you need to go as the avalanche continues. Cool. <laughs> Guys, we're all finding our true intent. Well, we're b- burning through the gods while doing so. I know. I just love that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, screw, screw <laughs> the, the gods, last man. five episodes, it's like, we can't use intent. Oh, we're going to drain all of our gods. Now it's like, <laughs> throw caution to the wind. Suck it, Delagas. Well, this is it. why we didn't use intent for all those episodes. As you hold this spell, Brynir, and the avalanche begins to subside after a short time, this snowpack is just cemented on top of you. And as it continues to pack itself down and to settle, you feel that you can't really maintain this for much longer, but you definitely need to reach the end of this corridor. That's a good ways up the mountain that you need to start trekking. I can't hold this for long. We need to make our way up the corridor. Val will immediately just turn and go as quickly as he can. Yeah. As everyone gets nearly to the end, scrambling up almost on hands and knees at time through the snow and gravel underfoot, you're, say, 30 feet away from the exit of this corridor to where it's just clear mountain side again. The snowpack on top is a lot thinner, and Brynir, you can either dispel it now as you feel it give way, or I won't make you roll for this, but you'll take another notch. Uh, he's going to dispel it now. It's more of a, a thing where he kind of loses concentration. While he wasn't heavily injured in that last battle, he does feel it, and all of a sudden there's a, a pain that he feels, and then his spell just kind of gives way. And there's this kind of singing groan throughout this snow. And as everyone, again, is somewhere between you know 15 and 30 feet to the end of this tunnel that you've made in this avalanche aftermath, the snow that was on top just comes crashing down. For a moment, on the side of this enormous slope, it's just silent, a whiteout, the briefest whistle of wind in the air. And then Vamok's hand shoots out of the snow with a cough and pulls himself out, followed by Rolandir and Corio, Mick, Luna, Val, and finally, furthest down, digging himself a good ways out, is Brynir, his head just barely popping out out of this snowdrift. Is everyone all right? Well enough... Yes. <laughs> we all sort of hesitate. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make two. Can we rest now? 